All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Darius World Podcast. I'm here with Nath Johnson, who's actually a philosophy and adventure uh, coach. Um, he's helping entrepreneurs and business owners to ultimately, you know, get a life instead of just working and stressing around growing their business, which is great. So great balance. So after you deal with them, I can help them. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you end up, you know, um, becoming a coach? Well, what ended up, you know, for you to, to do this kind of work? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I had a series of weird, I've had a weird work history. Uh, but um, so I, but the whole time I was kind of coaching the entire time. Mm. So I used to be a, a whitewater rafting guide in New Zealand and then a, a cattle rancher in the Outback Australia. <clears throat> so both of those involved managing groups of people, some of mm. whom you just met. Uh, and then I moved to New York City and I was a manager on the uh, biz develop business development team of Inc. Magazine mm -hmm. in the World Trade Center. And so I had my own team. So I was managing and teaching them. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. And then I left to form my own business. I had a digital marketing company and that involves its own ups and downs. And then um, the capper was I was a suicide prevention counselor. Okay. Uh, in Los Angeles. And that essentially what you're doing is you are helping people to reframe their mindset mm -hmm. in a short amount of time and obviously keeping them from, you know, uh, taking any action towards suicide. Uh, but you have to do it in like, you know, a relatively short amount of time. And, and once I did that, I realized, you know what, I really like working with people. I need to go back to working with people because digital marketing is great but you're not working directly with people on a personal basis. So once I made that decision that I wanted to go back to working with people, my dad suggested I be a coach um, or that I check it out because a coach changed his life when he was in his early forties. And so, yeah, that's uh, I got started in it, hired my own coach and now we're here. So I love it. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. So, and now, um, was there for you when you actually realized, oh, this is what I do? Did you have, like, was there a moment in your career where you said, this is what I want to do now, as, you know, helping people for a living, as being a coach? Was there something that, you know, defined that moment for yourself to make that decision? Yeah, I, uh, I think people can gain clarity by finding out what they hate doing. So mm -hmm. I, as a digital marketer, I hated that, um, that I was a commodity, that there was nothing particularly unique about search engine optimization. Yeah. Um, and that my relationship with clients was based off sales, which obviously is very important, but is completely impersonal. So if sales were up, they were happy. If they were down, they were unhappy. It had nothing to do with me as a person or, or my relationship with them. Uh, so it really came from me just being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I, I want to have a one-on-one -on -one impact, a one-on-one -on -one uh, uh, relationship and a big impact in my clients' lives. 
that, that lasts. And so that's how I decided, okay, I'm going to be a coach. So you wanted to ultimately do something that mattered and not just be a number in the, in the working wheel kind of thing. Yes. And I wanted a real relationship with my clients. Too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what is one of the things that, um, I mean, the clients that come and see you, right? What is one common thing that most of them have that you help them with? Uh, I think that, so, so one of my big things, and this, this is not always easy to translate for people is focusing on the shortness of life. Yeah. Because what that helps people do is to reframe things that they think are a big issue. Mm -hmm. So whether that is a particular um, decision with their business, mm. uh, either a problem they have to deal with or something that they're afraid to do because it takes a lot of guts to do. Yes. Um, and that also translates to their home life and their relationships in the office and out of the office. Like, mm -hmm. is this a problem? Also, is this in my control? If mm -hmm. it's in your control, we work out how to um, best deal with it. And if it's not in their control, I help them to let it go. Mm -hmm. So it's framing things around the shortness of life, focusing on what matters and what's in their control and everything else, just letting it go. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's good. So literally increasing the value of their own life and what they do with it ultimately. Exactly. Both in you know, the, the love that they, that they, uh, give, uh, and the commitment to their, their purpose, but also in their courage. So in being braver and in, in mm. realizing, um, that they can do the things that they want, um, and to not hold back. Yeah, absolutely. Do people that see, you know, their purpose. I mean, I found that a lot of people that I see as a coach don't actually know their purpose. They, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about life's purpose, you know. I mean, for me, I know my life's purpose. But I found it very interesting, even the people in the self-development industry quite often don't know what their purpose is. How do you <laughs> find that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, people, well, first of all, the clients that I have, they have to be doing something. They have to want something. Yeah. I have found... I you've probably been in this similar situation. I have definitely talked to people who don't even know what they want to do. Mm. I can't give somebody a dream. You know, I can't give somebody something that they're not even looking for or don't know that they want. So they have to come to me because they do have some sort of a purpose or they feel that they have some sort of purpose. So usually that is already um, a given when they come mm. to me. Um, <clears throat> but as far as their purpose, purpose, not maybe not the you know, purpose separated from a goal, we help to clarify that and also be comfortable with the idea that their purpose might change that mm. we, we focus a lot on like their purpose right now and then how that relates to their, their bigger life. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they know the big picture and not the small picture. Sometimes they know the small picture, not the big picture. Um, so it varies per client, but they have yeah. to come through with something. 
Yeah, and sometimes, um, you know, certain things reveal over time when it's least expected. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. And this is where sometimes you do something and you don't even think about it, but it comes to you through the experience. I mean, I'm sure um, you have experienced that yourself when you've taken some adventures in your life where all of a sudden you had a, a breakthrough or like a, a moment in life where you go, well, that's it. That's what I needed to learn. Just like how I came to coaching. I yeah. did all of these things. Uh, some of them really fun and some of them I just couldn't stand. And all came back to like, oh, I think I need to be a coach. I think that that is what I'm really good at. And that is what's really meaningful for me. So definitely have had that breakthrough. That's fantastic. So what was for you when in recent, I mean, when since starting to be a coach, what was one of the biggest challenges that you had to work on yourself to overcome in order to be a coach and to, you know, to help people as well. Because one of the things that I noticed in my career, I don't know how it is with you, but I got my own coach next to coaching people also get coached as well. Was there something in your life where you said, I need to now take a step back and learn from this experience before I can continue or even work side by side with someone to actually evolve? Yeah, I, I have my own coach um, and I started with my own coach and she helped me get over the, I would say over the hump of going from somebody who had coached people for a long time and not realized it to actually making it a business. Yeah. So she was amazing in that, not only in the skills to acquire uh, clients, mm. but also in the mindset of getting out of my own imposter syndrome. Okay. You know, uh, it was the first time in my life that I was really good at something. Uh, I mean, I've always been, you know, I've practiced a lot and been good at things and gotten good at things, but it was the first time it ever came so naturally. I was like, mm -hmm. well, why would anyone pay this, pay me to do this? I do this on a regular basis without even knowing it. And it's easy. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, yeah, but, you don't realize how rare that is, um, you know. So it, I would hear about people like finding what they were really good at, and then it was this uh, work was like play. Yeah, and I was like, man, I wonder what that's like. I have no idea what these people are talking about. Turns out the entire time I had been doing it and not knowing that it was something of value, which Absolutely. is helping people with their mindset. That's great. That's fantastic. I think it's so important for, you know, um, to, you know, find what one's purpose is. And I think that when it comes to coaching, sometimes certain people do have a talent, absolutely. And yet I also believe as when you are in the industry of coaching, you've got the responsibility in a way of keep on developing yourself. Because the more you develop yourself, the more tools you got under your belt, the more you can help people. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than having someone that is like they, they just they became a coach and they're helping people, but they're not developing themselves. Because yeah. at some stage, what will happen is they go, they, they stop learning 
and they keep on doing the same and the world evolves and everything evolves but they're not. And I think it's so, I mean, over the years I've been now in the industry for 20 years, but I evolved over the years, you know? And you look at stuff that I've done back in the days when I was living in Australia to what I'm doing now, I'm so much more specific, you know, in certain areas. And I think um, that's that's also an exciting journey. So, you know, um, what were, like, are, have there been, like, people that you started learning from or that you attended trainings or seminars that helped you so far evolve with your coaching style and your knowledge and experience? Yeah, um, and I really resonate with what you said, developing along with your coaching, making sure that you are developing as well. Mm. Um, just starting to call myself a coach when I started to do that, it made me raise my standards for myself. Yes. So I was like, if I'm coaching my clients in being bolder, in thriving in adversity, in um, being more empathic with people, I need to check myself. I need to check my um, how I talk to people. I need to check my own courage. Like, am I holding back? Um, so that was huge. And I continue to read, um, you know, philosophy and, and uh, modern philosophy and, and practical uh, philosophy on how people can get through um, a lot of adversity. So I continue to do that. Uh, and then on a professional side, um, learning how people can have the biggest effect on something like LinkedIn, where even if a person's not your client, you can still give really good, provide a really good education uh, or really good um, uh, life experience of how you got over something in particular. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, uh, I've taken different coaching from different coaches with different approaches. Yes. So I have my own coach and then I've taken some programs on like how to help people in like a shorter amount of time. Mm. Um, how to help people even when they're not your clients. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, just different ways of thriving in adversity from whether it's military or athletics yeah. or, or business or the startup world. Um, reading about that, they, they, oftentimes there's a through line through all of it, mm. but getting it down into like a condensed version that I can now uh, help other people with. Yeah. Um, has been big. So a combination of reading and classes and coaching. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, and it's an ongoing process, isn't it? If you keep on learning, I mean, there's, there's always, there's so much that one can do. I mean, I did, uh, when I was in Australia, I did Tony Robbins, UPW, mm. for instance. Um, and then I studied NLP, you know, with Dr. Chad James. Mm. And then here, when I came back, uh, just as an example, then I did also like a hypnosis course with another guy. Um, and then I came back and I did theta healing here in Switzerland, you know. And so I, you know, I feel like you can keep on learning, you never stop really. It's just a matter of keep on doing it, practicing it for yourself, and then applying it with the, with the people that need it, you know. Well, just like you said, that I mean, I think that's one of the great things about coaching is when you're learning something new, you're also learning it for yourself. Mm. 
Uh, and I don't think that applies to every profession. Um, but I, I, I find that to be awesome because everything that I learn will benefit my own life and my coaching, which means it will benefit my clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, um, this is my, my way of viewing it. I, I feel like when you really take coaching seriously to really wanting to impact people in a positive way, not just for yourself, but also to have a positive impact, it is your responsibility to make sure that you evolve along the way and not just stop and stand and just do the routine kind of thing. Um, because one can, you know, I think it's so important to do that. Now, you and I, we are right now, you know, part of a book called The Successful Mind. Yes. And uh, I know you wrote a chapter as well. Tell, um, well, tell the listener a little bit more or, you know, the people that might even watch it on YouTube. What you, What's your chapter about? Yeah, my chapter is about perception. Um, I think that there, for a, a lot of, getting through a lot of life and thriving in a lot of life, mm-hmm. there are some basic principles that can form your foundation. And a big one, I think, is perception, how you perceive a particular situation. This is a very stoic, I mean, there are many philosophies that have embodied it, but uh, stoicism focuses a lot on it's not what happens to you, it's how you choose to react, mm. and how you choose to think about it. Um, another common way to see it is like, what's the silver lining? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but the way that I frame it is around things. Uh, so have you heard of the man with the hammer syndrome? Um, no, but you can tell me. It's, uh, it was popularized by Abraham Maslow, the mm-hmm. psychologist, and uh, basically says to the man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> so, so if your perspective, if the only tool that you have mm-hmm. is um, a, a hammer, then everything that you confront will look like a nail. So, so you're, it's, it's saying that your perception is extremely limited. Mm. So a lot of times we think that our reality is reality, that the way we see the world is the way that the world is, um, which is not true. The, the, the world is going to be different to every single person, which means that, you know, when something bad happens like quarantine, uh, COVID, um, a lot of people are going to see it as something bad and a lot of people have, and it, there have been a ton of adverse uh, consequences of COVID, but then you see those people who are absolutely thriving in it, whether that's financially, whether that's some freedom, whether that's getting back to basics, like being with family and friends. Um, It has released a lot of people. And so if I'm seeing them, acting like that under the same circumstances that I'm under, that must mean that they're seeing, they have a different perspective than I do. So how do I acquire the tools? How do I acquire the perspective to see this in the light that they are seeing in something more productive or more um, fulfilling to their life? So my chapter revolves around perception. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And there's something very true about it because even like when you, 
when you actually, you know, go to learn about NLP to become an NLP practitioner and things like that, um, or if you read a book about it, what happens outside of you and what you make of it is when you, in the way that you place meaning onto it. Mm. So, you know, uh, one event with uh, where a lot of people observe the same event, but each person can have a different meaning to how they perceive it to be. Mm. So for one person, an event where there's a charity function, uh, a person goes, oh, I like that. I like uh, where, you know, that this is happening for this. And another person sees a charity function and goes, what? Not another charity function. So like the complete opposite style, it's the same charity function. But the meaning placed on it and what it means to them is totally different. I, I love that. I think that's so, so, so valuable. And just the awareness of knowing that you are the one placing the meaning on it. Mm. Like it's, it's, it can be really good to place meaning on something, but just being aware that it's subjective and not the objective truth, I think is so powerful for, for you to, to reframe things. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited. I cannot wait for the book to come out. It's been, I, I remember when, um, when we first started, it was a few, a few months back. I remember, I think it was like, uh, Eric said he wants to get it done in two or three months, and now I think it's five or six months now since it all started. So um, it's just good. Good things do take time, and I'm I'm happy that it takes that. You know, I think there's, um, well, there's is it thirty or thirty five authors? I think it is. Yeah, I think thirty three. I don't know if Eric has yeah. a chapter in there too, but that's a lot. It's a lot of authors when you think about it. So. Um, and it's going to be grateful for people to read because they will get so many different experiences, stories and insights and gold nuggets to read from that one book about how they can improve the world that they're living in and handle things differently and even change their perception and learn from each author something different, which is great. Yeah, to have that diversity in the way people think is really mm. cool. Um, and, and, you know, the way that I coach and the way that you coach is not going to be the same as everybody else. Like, you know, a lot of people are into healing and things like that. And that's, that's, uh, not where I come from, but that's perfect for their type of client. And my clients are perfect for the type of coaching that I can provide. So to have that variety of mind of views and mindsets, but still along the lines of how you can improve your life, I think mm -hmm. is really, really cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what besides coaching on the book, is there anything else happening with your business and life that uh, people should know about to get in contact with you? Yeah. So I've started to put a lot more on LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. writing videos, um, some quotes with uh, kind of my ideas wrapped around them. So it's just Nate Johnson. I think it's LinkedIn forward slash Nate dash Johnson. Pretty easy to find. I must have found that at the very beginning of LinkedIn <laughs> because <laughs> Nate Johnson is a very common name. It is. Um, yeah. And then as far as my life outside of business, um, 
I've been surfing a lot, which has been really, really nice and a great oh respite from just a hustle and bustle of daily life and, yeah. and the city. So, yeah. Absolutely. There, like the people that are listening uh, to this or even watching it, um, are there two or three tips that you can give to small business owners and entrepreneurs when it comes to how to manage themselves in uncertain times? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, a couple of them are big that we've covered. Um, in fact, maybe we've covered all three, but one is focusing on what's in your control. Mm -hmm. um, and that is both functional, like what you're actually doing, but that's also emotional. Like, can you control how I think about this particular situation? And if you can, then work on making it something that's useful. Uh, your thoughts are something that's useful. And if not, then just let it go. And that yeah. goes with relationships and with your business. Another one is, you know, reframing to know that life is short. Like when you think about life being short and when you think about when you come to the end of your life, which is something a lot of people don't like to think about. Most people don't like to think about. But you always hear about deathbed regrets, like what people regretted having done or not done. Mm. So I would encourage people to, to, if they come up to a problem, to think about, is this an actual problem? Mm. Or is it just something that I am making bigger than it is? Or like you were talking about, am I putting meaning on it that is not helping the situation, that is making me a more negative person or is making life or my job more difficult on me? Mm. Um, yeah. So is it in your control? And then how can you change your perception to make it something useful? Okay. I think fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. And I think one other thing that I actually say to people is another way. I mean, a lot of times fears are irrational. They're, you know, like their irrational emotions and thoughts come up. And one of the tips that I give to people and say to my coaching clients is when you feel that you are irrational and it comes up, just imagine yourself being a, a film director of a movie and your life is your movie. Okay. You right now you are the actor. You are emoting. You're like literally reacting. And right now all you need to do is stop reacting and take a step back so that you feel like you're disconnecting the emotion, you're disconnecting the irrationality, and you're taking a step back and you're looking at it from a different angle and you go, what's happening right now here with this person? And what can I learn from this in a positive way? Yeah. Because as soon as you do that and you apply, and then you go, oh, I got the learning now, and you step back here, and now you got a positive feeling to it. You know what, that's, that's, I love the way you put that. And it's really relevant to, um, I just had a session with a client and it, it was a kind of a groundbreaking moment for her when I brought up something similar. Mm. Um, my analogy was seeing something from, seeing the situation from 10,000 feet. Mm -hmm. Observing, <laughs> yeah, observing what was, what's going on underneath. And also I felt like, like she was having something with her father and her coworkers who were not happy that she was leaving a really well-paying job to start her own business. Mm. So taking a step back, even though you don't have their support, they probably still 
love you. In fact, I think they definitely do. But um, seeing from their perspective, like there is a reason why they're saying what they are. If it's directed at you and there's some truth behind it, use it as constructive criticism. But a lot of their stuff is just going to come from their own fears and their own experience and background. So it's not you that they are getting mad at so much as just something ingrained in them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, once you see it from 10,000 feet, just like you said, re-enter the situation. With yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, that's very good. So, look, I mean, I really enjoyed this conversation and, and getting to know you and what it is you do. And I think, you know, it's really great for people that are listening to this to know where they can contact you. So one of the things that I will, you know, get of you is the link in URL and I'll put that in the description. So when people listen to this conversation, they can actually contact you directly. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for those that are listening in, feel free to also reach out to me. Um, You know, my expertise is to help entrepreneurs and business owners shift their mindset when it comes to their own beliefs around selling their services to serve their customers better and simplifying it in the way you are applying yourself with your communication and sales skills to close more sales. Um, And yeah, so, and uh, actually, Nate, if you don't mind me sharing, you actually did the seven-day sales mind shifter. Um, What did you get, um, um, if you don't mind mentioning it, uh, what did you get out of the online training that uh, you uh, you gone through yeah well first of all there was i was just so impressed how much value there was uh especially for the cost i mean it's just it's a low entry cost and it was a no-brainer for me to do and then Mm -hmm. once i did it uh you taught things that i could apply immediately after watching and not only process wise but also mindset wise Um, so I thought it was fantastic, uh, and it has helped me in my business, um, with actionable results already. So, and I only took it a a few weeks ago. Yeah. And you, you said you've got more clarity in how to actually approach people when it comes to selling your services. Yeah. More clarity. And with that clarity came more assurity in what I do and more confidence in what I do. Fantastic. That's awesome. So this this uh, low-cost um, course is the seven-day sales manager challenge course um, for I don't know how long, but it will be for maybe another 30 days. I will still keep it at the $49, which is nothing in comparison because you will have actually one-year access to the entire training. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's a, it is a no-brainer. So if you do get, um, if you are interested in that, you can just go to my website and then actually get access to, you know, the sales page where you can actually order it and then join. Um, well, thank you so much again for being part of it, Nate. And uh, I look forward for us to, yeah, in the future, do something together again very soon, hopefully. And then uh, I cannot wait for the book to come out. It's going to be exciting. I'm very excited as well. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Dario. This has been fantastic and great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too. You're most welcome. Have a fantastic evening and a great uh, great weekend. Thank you. You too. Thanks, mate. Bye. All right. Thank you, Dario. Bye.